Welcome to Better Food Stories, a show that celebrates real food and the people and companies who make it. I'm your host, Audrea Greenhoff, and in this podcast, I'm sitting down with the entrepreneurs behind some of today's most innovative food brands to find out what it really takes to make it in this highly competitive space. Welcome back to the Better Food Stories podcast. I am your host, Audrea Greenhoff. I hope you and your families are staying safe and well. It has been a heavy couple of weeks for our country uh, with everything that's going on. I decided not to post a new episode last week uh, to give space to voices that I feel need to be heard right now. Also for myself, just to take a beat to process things, to listen and to learn So this has certainly been a challenging time for all of us, but I think it's one that we can get through by staying informed, staying open, and staying compassionate toward each other. So today on the podcast, I am talking to Iman Palvani. He is the co-founder of a company called Hungry, which is a platform that connects independent chefs to companies for corporate catering. They have an impressive backing, from the likes of Kevin Hart, Usher, Todd Gurley of the Atlanta Falcons, and many others. And this is a continuation of our COVID-19 business shift mini-series. In the midst of this entire pandemic, Iman and his team made a pivot to launch a new aspect of their business called Hungry at Home. So this platform gives back to the community by providing meals to families in need and also supports local chefs with a means for supplementing their income, which is something that is super needed in the industry right now. So without further ado, I will jump into the episode. I hope you enjoy it and I hope you get some inspiration from it. So my name is Iman Palavani. Um, I'm one of the founders of Hungry, a company that was started in 2017 uh, based out of Washington, D.C. Um, the basic premise behind Hungry is, is uh, it's a platform that connects independent chefs with companies and offices for, for corporate catering. So um, it's a marketplace business, a dual-sided marketplace, and we essentially bridge the gap between independent caterers and, and, and chefs who are trying to make it, trying to generate you know, revenue for themselves and, and create a business, um, and companies that are spending you know, lots of money on food for breakfast, lunch, um, and happy hours for their teams. So we essentially bring these two sides of the marketplace together so that companies have access to these amazing, talented chefs, and these chefs have access to, you know, this this essentially unlimited source of revenue that comes from, from corporate catering. I was reading a little bit about you guys. Um, it seems like since you've launched, it's been going well. You've received quite a bit of funding um, and have some big names backing you as well. And then now in March, we kind of, the whole world sort of shifted. And like so many other business owners, you've found yourself pivoting in the wake of this pandemic that we're currently in. So tell us how that shift has gone for you guys and what you're doing now. We have, uh, you know, we had a decision to make just like most companies um, about, you know, what do you do when business essentially shuts down and people stop working in offices and and everybody's kind of working remote. Um, We we could have gone down the path of, you know, furloughing pretty much everyone on the team um, and and just kind of waiting and seeing and and holding out to see what happens. Um, We actively made a decision to do what we do best, which is just innovate our way out of this problem. 
And uh, we shifted our business from a platform that connects, you know, and provides food to companies to a platform that connects um, chefs directly to consumers for their homes and in providing home delivery. So uh, now, you know, we launched Hungry at Home, which is same talented chefs, same great delivery experience, but rather than it being delivered to an office for catering, you can order it for your family um, and it's delivered right to your door, contactless delivery, uh, and it's kind of family style catering. So it's menus that are built for families of two, three, four people. And we launched this in seven cities across the U.S., uh, I believe within like 10 days after we, you know, we decided to make this change. Wow, that's fast. Yeah, we had, um, you know, we, we just put everyone in the, in the, on the company um, to, to help us uh, shift the business. And, you know, we had to change everything from logistics to packaging to, um, to the technology and the website flow. And then we were lucky and blessed to have. Um, you know, some of our investors, uh, Kevin Hart, you know, Usher, um, Todd Gurley, uh, they all decided to kind of um, help support Hungry at Home. And and they, through our Hungry at Home platform, started donating, you know, food to families, you know, in certain cities that, that we've launched. And so that really helped get the word out. That's awesome. And at the same time, in changing the model, you're still providing a much needed source of income. I'm sure for these chefs there's so many people in the restaurant industry right now that have lost work so i think it's great um, that you're able to provide them with a source of income and there's also a great mission behind hungry at home tell us a little bit about what that is and why was that important to incorporate into your model i know you had some philanthropic initiatives prior to this um so tell us about that and why is that so important to you you know when we um first started the business you know the, the name of the company is hungry um it just made sense for us to uh you know as we're disrupting the corporate catering and independent chef space um, to, to provide, you know, value and do good, uh, you know, at the same time. So for every two meals that are purchased on our platform, we donate one um, to those in need, you know, in, in, in the city that, uh, that the purchase was made in. So that's been something we've been doing ongoing since the, the founding of the business. When we pivoted the company, um, we, you know, decided to double down on that in, in, not only do we donate food to those in need um, when a purchase is made, but we also uh, kind of launched our, our philanthropic side. We partnered with a nonprofit, uh, you know, that that believes in the same mission that we do. And so now we're getting a lot of folks, both high net worth individuals and influencers who are writing checks and, and sending money and then asking us to donate those meals to a specific community in a specific neighborhood. Um, and we've been able to do that in Atlanta, in New York, in D.C. Kevin Hart wanted to donate specifically to the elderly in a, in a community in Philadelphia. Um, and so we were able to donate hundreds of meals uh, within a few hours. And we shared photos of it. And, and he posted on, on Instagram and, you know, 90 million people saw that. We've been able to, in this downtime, um, continue to generate business for our chefs to keep them busy and keep them occupied and keep revenue going to them while also just trying to do good and, and feeding, you know, both those in need and first responders in these cities that we've been uh, we've been launched in. So you mentioned seven cities. What are the seven that you're in currently? Uh, so we originally started in Washington, D.C., um, and then we went to we opened up Philadelphia, Atlanta, Boston, New York. So pretty much the East Coast, 
and then we launched Dallas and uh, Austin um, right before COVID-19. So um, we're now out in Texas as well. And then the game plan for this year was to launch in 10 more cities. Um, obviously, that's been, you know, we, we've, we've halted that for now and put it on pause. Um, but we're looking to, you know, soon regroup and, um, you know, pick it back up again. That's awesome. So the seven cities that you mentioned right now have the Hungry at Home available and um, there are going to be additional cities eventually going back to your original model. Do you plan to keep the Hungry at Home model? Is it working for you guys? Or are you thinking of shifting back completely to the other model that you had before? No, we're going to absolutely keep it. Um, it's been, uh, you know, it, it's grown very, very quickly. Um, it's become a multi-million dollar business. Um, annually for us already so you know the need for food hasn't gone away and it never will go away it's just where that food is consumed it changed from an office local setting to a home setting and so we we will go back to focusing on you know what we're great at which is corporate catering and and these chefs providing amazing food but hungry at home is kind of taken off and so it's just going to be an additional revenue stream for the chefs and 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 an additional branch of the business that's fantastic congratulations I, I appreciate it. Thank you. It's uh, a lot of hard work from the team um, and, and, and just, you know, they've been kicking butt during this uh, you know, very bizarre time. And it's also a great example of how, you know, even in, in the face of such uncertainty and such kind of a downtime for the economy as a whole, there is opportunity for, for people out there to, to switch gears and, and still you know, be successful in their business. So speaking of the restaurant and catering and food business in general, we know the past few months have been super challenging. As someone on the front lines of of this industry, what have you been seeing from the chefs that you're working with, from colleagues just out there in the world? The the hospitality food uh, industry has been obviously hit the hardest. Um, uh, You know, we're seeing restaurants shut down and go out of business. Catering companies are going out of business. so we're we're trying to maintain um, and grow a platform that allows them to, you know, join this platform and continue to generate revenue, ideally to stay afloat during this time. And then once this passes, you know, go from survival to thrival. Um, so, you know, the industry's, you know, it's, it's going to take a while for it to come back, um, hopefully sooner rather than later. But it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of folks that have either been furloughed or laid off with not a lot of optimism as to, you know, when they're going to be rehired again. So things like this happen and you'd hope that, you know, people start to just work on and figure out ways to innovate um, and, and, and better themselves to, to be able to own their own destiny. And, uh, you know, our hope is that Hungry is a platform that allows for restaurateurs, chefs, uh, executive chefs and, and sous chefs to join this platform and, you know, kind of be your own boss, generate your own revenue and, and bring your talents to, uh, to all these companies that are going to want, you know, want your food. And have you seen any sort of pivots or trends that restaurants and catering companies are making that you think are here to stay for the long term? Everyone's making a lot of um, changes to j- just to, you know, have a safer, cleaner, you know, food offering, um, uh, you know, temp checks and masks and social distancing and um, it's hard to tell whether these are going to be temporary measures or permanent. Uh, I think a lot of that just depends on when and if a vaccine will be created. Um, 
that, you know, that will help, you know, give people more confidence and going back to doing things the old way. I'm, I'm optimistic. And I think that we, uh, people are, aren't going to want to stay like this for, for very long. And you're already seeing it with, you know, states opening up even early in some cases. Um, so, so I think that we will, a lot of the things that are being changed in the restaurant, you know, fewer seats, fewer tables, um, in the corporate catering space, you know, uh, some want to go towards box lunches, um, uh, or if you do a buffet setup, you know, having sneeze guards and having a Purell stand at the front of the line and, uh, you know, keeping a six foot, you know, distance from the buffet line, having one person serve the food versus everybody kind of grabbing tongs and utensils and then touching and touching. So these changes I think are going to be good and, and, and we'll keep these for as long as necessary. And, um, uh, but, but I think a lot of this will, will slowly go away once uh you know a vaccine is is created and people start to gain their confidence back to going back to the old ways it's definitely been an interesting time and i think it's gonna it, it might take a while but i think it it, it is going to bring a lot of new um innovations in the space for sure and, and honestly a lot of the things are good right so i mean cleaner and safer place to, to eat and, and cook and serve food in, in cleaner ways and safer ways is um it, it's better so for the long, long term, and uh, we will all benefit from it. Um, it's just, you know, to what degree, right? So there's going to be a middle ground or approach that's reasonable and that makes people feel safe and that is safe. And it's just going to be about finding that balance. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the reasons I was excited to have you on the show and, and chat with you is because there are a lot of opportunities, like we were mentioning before, in this space for people to kind of rethink and, and switch gears. And I think um, part of the reason I was doing episodes with this theme is to show food entrepreneurs who are the primary audience of this podcast that there is light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, for this industry. It's just, just going to take a little bit of creativity. Yep, I agree. I absolutely agree with that. So I'd love to switch gears and talk about you a little bit. You have a really interesting uh, career background. If I did my research correctly, I understand you have an educational background in political science as well as a law degree. You're an entrepreneur. So how did you end up in the food and catering space? Uh, I, you know, graduated from George Mason um, and went to law school. Thought I was, you know, uh, destined to be to be a lawyer. Um, and uh, went to law school up in Boston about six months before graduating. Um, my brother, uh, who's my co-founder in, in Hungary, uh, came up with, with uh, a concept called LiveSafe, which was a mobile app that allows for people to crowdsource safety intelligence to um, safety and security officials, you know, police or campus PD. Um, so it's basically using humans as sensors, and if they see something, they're able to report it. Um, and we, uh, so I graduated from law school and, and joined him in that um, venture. We raised a lot of money for the business. We grew the team out from, you know, two people working in a garage to, you know, 80 some odd employees. Um, and the company uh, went international very quickly. We had university signing up, Fortune 500 signing up. Um, and as we built out our team, we started ordering food to the office and, and catering for the, our, you know, our millennial employees who who wanted, you know, um, whether it was weekly or daily uh, lunch. And uh, that's when I kind of ran into this bizarre world of, you know, ordering food from restaurants for office catering 
and, and how it's not optimized for that today. Um, restaurants are built and designed to have people come inside and eat food in their restaurants and leave. Um, so no one had really built a business that was designed for bringing in food to an office setting. Um, and that's kind of what had, you know, that was the, the original idea kind of started growing from there. And uh, we decided to just find independent chefs as well so that we can provide a level of income and support to them and tap into that talent, um, that talent pool. And, you know, Hungry was born. And uh, so, so I, I, you know, I don't even have a food background. It was just a little bit by kind of seeing an, an opportunity in an area that had lots of friction that I was personally dealing with. Now that you've been in, in, you know, running multiple businesses for quite some time, give us some inspiration. What's something that you wish you knew when you were first starting your business? Something that I wish I knew. Um, you're, for, for, for those who are starting their business, um, just know you're going to make a ton of mistakes uh, along the way. Um, you know, don't get married to an idea or a concept or a logo or even the name of the company for that matter. Um, the amount of times that a, a true founder and a true entrepreneur needs to pivot um, is, you know, it's a roller coaster ride. It's gut wrenching at times. You, you know, you come up with a concept, you name it, you brand it, you logo it, you build a team around it. And six months into it, you find out that that's not what the market wants. And what they want is a different variation of what you created. And so um, really good entrepreneurs and founders are, are accepting of that concept and are willing to pivot when, when the times change and when the consumer's you know, appetites change. Um, so those who do pivot and make those changes end up, you know, being very successful, being, you know, they thrive and, um, you know, I tell people this, never forget Amazon started off as a book concept. It was a bookstore and the number of times that they pivoted and pivoted over and over and over again. Um, and so, you know, usually the original idea is not going to be the last idea. Um, and once you can kind of get over that concept then it makes life a lot easier for you as a founder, as an entrepreneur, um, and, and you just have to have a high tolerance for, for change and adapting. And if you do, you'll be incredibly successful because not a lot of people are willing to be tolerant of, of change and, and they're just unable to do that. So just by being able to do that, you fall into the, you know, that 1% of entrepreneurs and founders who, um, who kind of get that. And because of that, they, you know, you're naturally going to be successful because you're constantly going to be changing to meet the, uh, you know, the, the demand for um, what the consumers want. Do you think in a time like this where everything is so up in the air is a good time to start a business? You know, you know, I believe that the best innovations are, are truly made out of necessity. Um, and I think right now there's a lot of people who are feeling the pain um, are not comfortable being in a position of not controlling their own destiny and they need there's a necessity for um wanting to to you know build and innovate you know your way out of this and so um it's it's amazing you know when whenever the economy tanks a lot of amazing companies are born out of it um and a lot of innovations are, are born out of it so you know, I don't think there's ever a time where you shouldn't, you know, if you think the timing is right for you and you're in a position where you can dedicate pretty much all of the hours in the day to building a concept um, and starting a business, then, you know, I don't think there's a, a, a good or a bad time. It's, it's more dependent on your own willpower and what you're willing to dedicate yourself to um, 
to, to make it happen. If, if it's meant to be, and if you're, you're going to be the, the person to make it happen, it'll happen. Yeah. And for some right now might be the perfect time, I guess, depending on, on who you are and what your situation is, you might have extra time on your hands right now. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got a lot of extra time on their hands. I mean, uh, you know, we, we have created out of our existing business, you know, there's four new product lines that we're going to come out with, um, once we kind of relaunch uh, and everything goes back to normal. So, um, you know, even we, you know, started basically four new businesses in the last 60 days because um, we had time on our hands and had an opportunity to innovate and think through things and see what's right for the market, you know, the way it currently stands. So um, there's lots of things that are needed by way of food and by way of hospitality coming up. So, uh, you know, someone's going to innovate and, and make it happen for the consumers that want it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I've loved um, getting a chance to talk with you and learning more about Hungry. Before we wrap up, I always do some sort of fun closing questions with all my guests. Are you up for that? Sure. <laughs> all right. So question number one is, what is the last movie or TV show that you watched? Uh, I have been binge watching The Last Dance, which is the documentary on Michael Jordan. Yes. My husband and I are watching it, too. It's really good. Yeah, it is. Very good. Number two, if you could only eat three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? <laughs> uh, uh, I love burgers, so it would probably be a cheeseburger. Uh, simple foods like mac and cheese. Um, and what else? What else? Uh, you know what? I could. Uh, oh, I'll add this. Um, I'm obsessed with... Um, uh, there's this watermelon juice that they sell at Whole Foods. <laughs> so it'd be a burger, mac and cheese, and this watermelon juice that I've been absolutely obsessed with. I love it. Number three, where is your favorite place that you've ever traveled? Favorite place that I've ever traveled to? Um, that was a tough one. Uh, I'm a big fan of um, going to the beach. So um uh, probably one of the better vacations and trips that I've taken was to uh, Turks and Caicos, um, super clear water, white sand beach. So um, if that's your thing, then you know that, that's the place to be. Oh, yeah, that sounds great, especially right now when everyone is kind of itching to, to travel again. That sounds right. awesome. Okay, number four, what's one thing most people would never guess about you? Probably that, I, that I'm a lawyer. <laughs> probably that... Uh, <laughs> when they find that out about you uh, honestly I try and not let them find that out about me because it's probably not a uh, probably not a positive thing but um, oh. uh, yeah once they do find out uh, you know quickly brush it under the rug and talk about uh, talk about business <laughs> <laughs> I like that and where can people find out more about um, you and and hungry easiest place is uh, our website tryhungry.com um, to learn more about hungry um, uh, and you know, you'll learn about our team there, um, about myself and just a simple Google search will probably, uh, show everybody everything that they need to know. So 